0: Welcome to Real Life Leadership with Tracy Spears. I'm your host, Tracy Spears, and I'm here with my guest, Jane Mudgett. So welcome. I'm super excited that you're here. Me too.
1: It's just great to be here in a different setting with you.
0: I know. So you and I, uh, let's go back. So I knew you through a completely different setting. You worked, uh, so let's talk a little bit about who you are, what you've done before and what you're launching into now. So I'll let you tee it up.
1: Okay. So... Uh, we'll, we'll give the punchline right from the get-go. So I'm a partner at Exceptional Leaders Lab. But the funny part of the story, which we didn't know about, is we ended up knowing like dozens and dozens and dozens of the same people, but never met each other. That is
0: so weird because I'm like, how can I not know right. you? I I've, felt the same. Yeah, how long have you lived in Tulsa? 20 years, okay. give or take. Yeah, so long enough that we should have run into each yeah. other. Yeah, but everybody when we did finally meet right. it was like, oh, we're supposed to we're supposed to partner uh, together. Yeah. So. Absolutely.
1: So I felt like I had interviewed you already and in theory you had interviewed me already but through all these other people. So how good does it get?
0: Well, I'm going to say thank you for all of that. And also for um, you, you were, you came to us and wanted to be a partner. And so, as you know, our our little company, Exceptional Leaders Lab, we do have some partners, but it's not been um, real structured how that happens. We've, you know, taken people that are super passionate about something, somebody that's um, really uh, great at delivering a message to an audience of which you fit both of those and tried to figure out how can we help support you. So we're kind of in that situation situation right now where we're looking at you going, Oh my gosh, you're on the launching pad of some really exciting things. Right. And so that's what I wanted to talk about today. So you've, you left corporate America as of January the 1st of 2020. Exactly. Are you, so are you nervous about that? No,
1: I'm not. I really had a longer term plan. I sort of had a five-year plan and a three-year plan and I went to one of your sessions and I was probably a year and a half, two years out from now. And that's when I re- was really focusing on working my values mm. rather than just working. And I said, my values are associated with teaching and presenting and coaching. And that really was a great segue to shift my brain and to shift my my planning mm. to what would be next. So you were really instrumental in that. Oh and you
0: gosh. didn't even know it. I did not till right yeah. this minute. I'm yeah. glad to know that. I, but I think that that epiphany happens to women, in particular, too late don't you think? I mean, oh, yeah. I'm I think it happens to say to, old,
1: I, I don't think it's just women. I think it's women and men. It happens too late, and all of a sudden, you want to work your values... And um, and life gets in the way or money gets in the way or family or obligations get in the way. And and that's why I like planning some of these things in advance as well as being flexible. Yeah.
0: So when you say planning, so you were uh, would I call you a financial planner? You
1: could call me a financial planner. Okay.
0: Is that is that I was a
1: financial planner and investment manager in a highly, highly regulated industry, commonly called a wirehouse, sometimes called stockbrokers and investment brokers. Uh, And I did that for 15 years.
0: Okay. Yeah. So you leave that world. Right. And to pursue your passion. Right. Which, as you just said, is teaching and communicating uh, your message. But you kind of, you were unique in, in Wally and I. We still talk about you in the sense of there are people that will come to us and say, I have this message, I, I really want it, and you know, we'll go okay, and we'll kind of fan the flames a little bit, and see, you know, right. really we have to sit beside, on the sidelines and say, how can we help? What, what role can we play? But you came in and said, I want to write a book, and you wrote a book, and so, like in a year, and that yep. never happens, like, uh, so I'm so impressed with you, and you know, Wally and I always go, listen, if she says she's gonna do it, she's gonna do it, so, so kudos to you, because I think a lot of people want to write a book um but for you you have that that brain i guess that is very okay so this is the plan and when you're now you're even saying two years ago oh okay well i need to you know, adjust where I want to be. So tell us, tell me a little bit about that process. When did you know you wanted to write a book? And let's talk about the book.
1: Well, I, I knew it 15 years ago. I okay. knew I had a book in me, but I didn't know what it was. And first, 15 years ago, I had ovarian cancer. I'm a cancer survivor. I'm here to talk about it today. Mm. And I thought I was going to write that journey about sort of health and wellness. And it didn't feel right. So I never wrote anything. And then I kept that in the back of my mind, and as a financial advisor, I was doing these workshops on food, fitness, and finance for clients and their friends, and that really hit home with me. So that mm. that has been brewing for really over 10 years. Sure. And then I started reading a whole lot more about aging and how we age and relationships, huge amount of research on relationships and how important they are in our life, not just as we get older, but at any age and as we have any birthdays. And that really hit home with me because I had let some of my relationships go by the wayside Mm. because of work was more important. And my business relationships were, were very valuable, but it's very different than having relationships outside of work.
0: Ooh, that's an so, interesting distinction because yeah. you can monetize the business oh, yeah. relationship. So you make time for that.
1: You make time for that.
0: And that's not as rewarding, though, ultimately, as probably the the relationships that aren't monetized, right? They're probably right. not as feeding of your soul, I would guess.
1: Yeah. And what I found is that there are many financial advisors that are just financial advisors. And I ended up doing more life coaching and what about your kids and, (laughs) you know, being their personal CFO and all of that, because that's what I was driven by. And that's why what I really enjoyed. And then I realized that in addition to the relationships, there was no data talking about how to build relationships for adults. Not there wasn't any information on the research about hobbies and interests and having activities, mm. and so I saw clients as well as coworkers put all that off. Mm. So I saw them put their own health and wellness, so all of a sudden that food and fitness and finance, those were all put aside, or they hired me for finance, but the other items were put aside until they retired when they had time. Mm.
0: Gosh. And now, and you, as you know, at some point that gets right sized and it's usually too late, right? Right. For, for people. So right. um, so, so you wrote this book that's really trying to create some more awareness. So t- let's talk a little bit about the book. What's okay. the name of it and what's the goal of the book and whatever okay. you want to talk about.
1: The book is called Five Alive, Revitalizing Your Life, One Small Change at a Time. Okay. And it's how women can succeed in Food, fitness, finance, friends, and fun. Oh, nice! So it's all five categories, and yes, we got a little F alliteration going on. Um, and the idea is that we use these small nudges and positive stimuli to improve our life in these categories, one little small step at a time. There's no quick cure. There's no quick change. There's no get rich quick. There's no magic nugget. Mm but that we can look back and realize that we can adjust our behavior in a positive way in Mm. these categories. And that's what the book is about.
0: So, um, and I do think people want the big, you know, the quick fix for it all if you wrote a book that you that says okay it's the sum of all of these things right, right which is the book right. you wrote and you now it's fresh in your mind Yeah, right. you're going to uh, you're being pu- it's getting published right now right, and, right. and launching soon yeah. um when you look at that like give me a couple of highlights that you're like oh my gosh i think this is going to be or is it is it hard to dig into that uh, well there was one phrase
1: that somebody really commended me on and uh there was a phrase in the book that said if we're so good at leading others why aren't we leading ourselves and that you know that's pretty emotionally charged when you ask that because I really try to take um, a path that is not about guilt it's not about judgment it's about starting from a place of love and starting from where we are but that hit home to me because Mm. I cannot be the ultimate role model in all of those five categories, but I did learn that I'm not leading myself as well as I could. And so that was a huge aha moment Mm -hmm. that I too can make these changes and I can get a huge amount of advice from the reader or from the audience member in doing public speaking about how to, how to make it viable, how to, how to hit home.
0: Right how to make it a reality. So as you were writing it, did you make any changes during the writing of it? Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I
1: got to tell you, I went it, there there is no research on inflammation in food, okay? Like eat this, don't eat this. Eat. But I went on an anti-inflammatory diet for 6 months oh my and gosh. then that turned into an appendix of the book. It was unbelievably hard. Um, but it was really enjoyable and I learned a lot about myself. And there's some foods that to this day I don't eat.
0: Wow. Um, so you did that for the research for the I best? did it for the research
1: for the book. Oh my gosh. I know. Because there's <laughs> there's not enough medical research or sort of evidence based medicine to say eat this, don't eat this. I mean, that's not entirely true for some foods, but rather than getting bogged down in the details, I couldn't put that in the book because sure. I didn't have the science. So I thought, well, let me just check it out. You know, how does this work? See, that's what I love so about it you. So I was my you dedicate, personal guinea
0: pig. Well, you, yeah, you dedicate six months of your life know, to test something. Like I, I wish I had that kind of discipline, <laughs> but I, but I don't. Yeah. Uh, so what's the one food, by the way, that you still won't eat? Or-
1: Um, well, the big change is I don't eat beef at all and not because I don't like beef. I just, beef doesn't like me anymore. Um, I cut way, 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 way back on sugar. I don't eat much sugar. And I don't eat much uh, corn either. So those were three foods that sort of jumped out. I ate all of those things before without problems at all. But now I've sort of uh, uh, either cut way back or the beef, I just don't eat at all.
0: So my guess is that in that kind of a diet, you have to stop eating almost everything? Yes, it's called an
1: elimination diet. So you stop eating everything. And then you're given a list of what you are allowed to eat. And in this case, it was based on blood test results. It said these okay. foods are creating inflammation and other foods are not. So it was it was phenomenal. It was a great way to add some additional information in the book, as well as really learn more about the most successful diet out there which is the Mediterranean diet. And guess what? A lot of that reinforcement came through in adjusting my diet. Oh, a little less meat. Oh, a little more vegetables, more fruit. A mm-hmm. little less bread, but you can have complex carbs. So it—it it was just interesting. It—it it is not, as I said,
0: any quick change. Well, I haven't gotten to read your entire book yet. I know yeah. I've gotten to read some yep. some portions of it, but I'm anxious to read it all because um, what I know about you is you're able to break things down into simple you know, um, concepts. So I think that that can really help a lot of people because everybody listening in is going to go, Oh, I've heard that, or I've seen that. But if you're, if you didn't hear it in a way, that made you actually start doing something differently right. than you didn't hear it in the right way. So I'm right. excited because I know you, yeah. and I know your book is going to do that.
1: Right. Yes. And we include in there a few hacks, a few secrets, and uh, Mudge Nudges. Mudge. I like that. <laughs> so, I mean, hey, you got a name like Mudge You got to yeah. work with Mudge Nudges that are, again, these small positive reinforcements uh, to get you moving forward, like Put a little sticky note on your credit card that says Bahama vacation or put the healthy foods in the front of your fridge so you can see them. Right. Oh, okay. I mean, those are some mudge nudges that are not guilty, that don't make you feel guilty, that that don't make you uh, feel that you're being criticized that's what's really important how do you stay positive and make the changes
0: okay so those are a few uh, little tips any more secrets because you know I'm, i like the Cliff's notes
1: version <laughs> <laughs> well i think the main thing is for me fun i yeah. think that grown ups grown ups don't have fun anymore yeah. i mean and i say grown ups because that's what we call them as kids right so if i were to give one tip uh, i'd say drink more water or at least Get up in the morning and have a glass of water because you haven't had water for six, seven, eight hours and have some more fun. Yeah. And if you don't know how to have fun because we're out of practice, think about the things you really like doing when you were a kid or when you were a teenager or when you were in your 20s and go out and do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Go out and buy a bike or if you if that's not in the budget, go rent a bike and be outside if that's what you like to do or gather up a friend and go plant something or volunteer something that brings you joy or conversely, if it doesn't stop doing
0: it yeah. and that's that goes with relationships absolutely right, yeah do you do you cover that a little bit like uh or do you do you, what's your thought on um and i'm gonna call them toxic people but really what's toxic about them i guess would be your association to them right, right? it wouldn't it like that person's not walking around as somebody that's toxic, but it's that, that interaction that, that creates a toxic, right?
1: Right. No, I agree with you. I, I, I gotta make a note of that to put it in the next book. Okay. I mean, I, I think I may touch on it, but not, but I will tell you when I had, when I had cancer, I uh, totally focused on the positive mm. and I never thought I was going to die of cancer at that time. I thought I was going to survive it for whatever reason. Right. But it gave me an opportunity to focus on only the positive people in my life. And from that point forward, I did not allow negative people in my life. I know I hurt some feelings and I know that there were some folks that were toxic that wanted a relationship. But if they were going to suck the mojo out of me, Mm -hmm. I I just couldn't handle that. And I learned that uh, when I needed to be well. But then I also learned that afterwards. I mean, I'm, I'm here to talk about that now.
0: I still don't have
1: negative people in my life.
0: Good. Good. Listen, I think life's too short, right? I agree. Um, I agree. And, and I don't think you have to go through a, a cancer scare, though. No. Way too many people no. that we know are, have gone through one or are in the middle of going through one. Um, but take me back to when you were diagnosed. So I assume everything's fine and all of a sudden it's not. And so what other changes was that when you started really thinking about nutrition differently? Was that, or have you always been very, I've always been pretty good.
1: What really was a big cue was uh, I was at least over 80 pounds heavier than I am now. And people in Tulsa don't know that about me. When I was at 203 pounds, I stopped getting on the scale. Oh, I can't even imagine that. Yeah. I, I don't know how heavy I got, but at some point Um, And I do talk about this in the book a little bit. At some point, I was so uncomfortable that I realized I needed to get a grip on it. And I I realized I was an emotional eater. I had some depression, I had some blood sugar challenges, Mm. and all that sort of came together so that I changed my eating habits over time. And and I have to say that it's taken me 30 years, and things still develop. I'm much better than I was last year. I'm, I'm a much better eater now than I was five years ago. But every year there's a new iteration of being more healthful, moving more, what do I need to do without being obsessed about it, mm-hmm. but just making small tweaks. So it really started back in my 20s. Because I was overweight, uh, and and that evolved over time to get that get that weight down. And really, when my mom died, when I was uh, in my late twenties, early thirties, and I realized that, and she was pretty healthy and cute mm. and sassy, and I realized I wanted that also. Oh wow! Yeah, I wanted to live a
0: longer life than she did. Well, see, the fact that you're thinking about it and thinking, oh, so I can do something, right? right? I think most people don't, I'm going to say most, I think there's a lot of people that aren't connecting those two things, right? They just think, oh, I'm going to die when I'm supposed to die, that, you know, they have this, uh, I don't have any control over that. Um, It's not going to matter anyway, even if I, this isn't going to hurt me that much. But collectively, all of those things, the 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 five things that you write about, when you add them up, right? Maybe one or two of the things aren't going to be a deal breaker. But when you put them all together, it is a deal breaker.
1: I mean, it's huge. It's absolutely huge that you absolutely can make an impact. And it's never too late. It's not too late. It really isn't regardless of where you are on any of the five categories, you can save more, you can build relationships, you can adjust what's on your plate, you can move more, you can have more fun. If even if you're, you know, Decades older than I am. You can do all of that. My next door neighbor in Florida, Ruthie, quit smoking at 87. And I thought, if Ruthie can do that at 87, <laughs> no because kidding. the doctor said it may improve her breathing, even if she had emphysema, I thought, by gosh. I can do better Uh, too. So she was a little, you know, in a funny way, she was a role model that we can change our behavior even later in life.
0: Let's sell shirts that say, Be like Ruthie.
1: Be like (laughs) Ruthie. I
0: know. The name and everything. That's That's right. She
1: invited me over for a cocktail. She had her last cigarette and she put it out and she said, now we're going to raise a glass. That was my very last cigarette.
0: No kidding. No
1: kidding. It was a
0: great moment. That's interesting. Yeah. Didn't put the alcohol down though. No, I mean, no Why be no. dramatic? Though? We were drinking old fashions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah why be dramatic? Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I am curious about, so you, so you make this decision you want to line up your values right. with what you're doing, and you wind down this, um, and let's say, very successful career, right? Because the 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 way we know people is they were all your clients, right? Yeah, right. right. And so, um, so you've, you're making this transition. So now that you look at what's next for you, so you're writing that you you know the book's about to, to launch, which by the way, you're doing your book launch at Magic City, Magic
1: City Books on March twenty okay. That'll be Phenomenal! I'm I so think.
0: sad. I'm not going to be in town, as you already know. I'll get you I'm a free book,
1: and I'll, I'll maybe I'll autograph it, yeah. just like you did for your book. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you,
0: I will not take a free one, and okay. I'm going to tell you why. So, as somebody okay. that has done this before. Like everybody thinks you're going to give them a free book and all of a sudden you lose money when you write a book. No, right. So make everybody buy your book. That's right. right. That's That's right. That's the least they can do to Mm -hmm. to support you. Mm -hmm. So, so I will buy mine. Okay, fair enough. I will buy my copy of the book. But what are you looking, what are you most looking forward to now? Like what excites you right now about, you're just a couple of weeks from the, the official separation from corporate America into being an entrepreneur. Um, getting on the road and doing some speaking, you actually came, you know, came in here hot from a right, uh, right. speaking engagement at noon today. Um, which, by the way, how did that go? Great. It, it was great. Super good
1: participation, a lot of energy with the group.
0: Good. Yes. Is it hard to do a five alive and be more mindful eating when you're doing a lunch when you're the luncheon and speaker? Well, since I don't
1: generally eat before I speak publicly, it worked fine. Okay.
0: <laughs> I was like, were they serving fettuccine or Alfredo or something? Yeah, they weren't, were they? Yeah, no. Yeah. If
1: they had chocolate for dessert, I would would have eaten that, but yeah. they didn't. Okay, So good. Yeah.
0: All right. So, so what are you most looking forward to? What's the new normal going to be for you?
1: Well, you know, all of these things I've done before. I've done public speaking. I've done training before. I've done coaching before. I've traveled. I've been in, in Tulsa. I have been a teacher. Even when I was a financial advisor, I volunteered to teach classes for OLLI, Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at OSU. Mm. So this is really a continuation of it. What I like most is I'm in a highly unregulated world now. I mean, I was really hemmed in by regulations being in a financial world of what I could or could not say. So I don't know what it's like to be a civilian. I mean, I say that sort of half jokingly, (laughs) but it's true, right? I could get in trouble in other circumstances. So it's nice to be able to talk freely about all the subjects and be a thought leader and not be a role model on every single item that I don't have to be great at it, but mm. I can, I can learn from others. I think that's what I look forward to most.
0: Wow. So December 31st, 2020 rolls around. You look back on this year. What's it like for you? What, what are the highlights?
1: The highlights is I've met people that I never thought I would cross paths with, that there are a couple of pearls that people have picked up on. Uh, either here or in other communities, there are people that have shared their own little nudges of Mm -hmm. what works for them. I'm going to uh, have a website for Five Alive, and on there I'm going to have an ongoing list of Mudge nudges. Oh, nice. And so part of it I've already done, as you might imagine, but the other part is to get people to contribute. You know, what are those little tips that can be shared with anyone, everywhere, all the time? Um, I'm looking forward to that. Nice. Yeah, I think it will be humbling.
0: Well, I will say this, when the first person, and it's happened to you already, but when, when that, that actually reads the book and sends you some feedback right. and says, uh, I read that and I did this and my life's better for it, you're, you'll be so, you'll be, be so hooked, right? right? It doesn't matter how many books you sell. It right. doesn't matter how many people clap. And none of that matters, What for me anyway, and I, I think you're the same, but just knowing that somebody... Took that information right. and did something differently. It's that's intoxicating, right? Like I oh, get yeah. super excited about that, um, yeah. and I know you will too. I, I, I'm excited for you, and I'm excited for the material that you have changing the way people think and right. think differently. Like, what do you think? Like when you you look at the body of work that you've put together in that book um, you know, and the outcomes that you want from that. What do you think um is gonna be the most exciting part if there's if there's an answer to that question uh for somebody that's reading it for the first time? What do you think they'll look at that and go, oh my gosh, I needed to hear that? Does well, anything jump out?
1: You know, my mind went a slightly different direction and that is we talk you and I and Exceptional Leaders Lab talk a lot about leadership. And um so I think about leadership and I do think about leadership starting with oneself. And to me, the message in the whole book really relates to longevity and mm-hmm. lifestyle. So it's not just any one item, but that you have an impact on your own lifestyle now and tomorrow and the next day and five and 10 and 20 years from now. You don't have to resign yourself to not being healthy or Or being like some of your role models, even your own friends and family. If you want a different path, you can take that. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's easy. And because we're not surrounded in a particularly healthful environment where we are in Oklahoma. So we're a little bit like salmon swimming upstream in that regard. Mm -hmm. But if you get that momentum going in your own life, you can bring your, your partners and your friends along for that ride. So... I hope that people look at it as a way to live more and live better. Mm. And it doesn't necessarily mean living to 100. I'm saying that that you find joy in your life and you accept yourself. And from that moment of self-love and accepting, you can... Make a few little changes that keep that momentum going mm. for a period of time.
0: You know what keeps coming to my mind is live until you die. Yes. And I remember the first time I heard that, and I didn't understand it. I understand it completely now. Yes. Um, so I have, you know, my, both of my parents are living. And uh, in their 60s, Yeah. I remember my mom and dad going to buy a car. And they were having a conversation, and they said, "Oh, uh, this is the last new car we'll ever right. buy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I can't imagine, and I'm not that far from 60, right? Right. So when, when they were saying that, I remember feeling super sad because I thought, oh my gosh, uh, they're in that, that decade where they're going to have to make a choice, which is, you know, do we wind it down and accept how, you know, that we're probably going to die or do they go, oh my gosh, I don't, I'm running out of time and I, there's a lot of things I don't want to do. and so. Uh, I'm going to tell you, they, they're leaning more towards it. kind of, this is the way it o- always is. And I think your book and you give me a lot of hope that, um, we, we can do this differently. We don't have to accept the blueprint that we were raised right, with. Right. right. you you retire when you're 65, right. which is right. too young, by the way. Right. Um, yeah. Do you, do you see that? And these that?
1: are these are generational differences when we think about traditionalists and we think yeah. about baby boomers, and and that, those are some of the the values that we were brought up under. I I completely had to shed all of those values mm. of of what I was taught because I think you can live until you die mm-hmm. until the very very end and hopefully. We are mobile, and hopefully we're communicative, and hopefully we're upright when that happens. Um, But it really means finding joy until the end. And and I I picked up a lot of that when I was a hospice volunteer. Some people Mm. had dragons that they they were fighting until Mm. the end, but other people did have a sense of of grace and calmness and and value and fulfillment. And that's what sticks with me. Mm -hmm. And but... We have to be an integral part of that. We can't expect life to happen to us. Yeah. It is with us, and we control that. Um, and I want us to be an integral part of our own sustainability.
0: Well, what, what, what can wake people up? I know it's going to be your book, but like, what happens? I mean, what, what, there's not like this moment where you go, I've given up. Right. So we can't look back and then I go, yeah, it was, you know, December 3rd. I decided it was what it was. I was it doesn't matter what I ate. It didn't matter. What can you do? What can we do, uh, though, to be more present in that? Is it, um, is there a strategy you could give us? Is that going to be part of the book that people need to, you know, to go by? Or can you give us something that would be a good like um, habit for us to get into right now. What, right. what, what would that look like? Well, what's, what's I, a turnaround look like?
1: Well, I think it really means number one, you can't solve all the problems of the world in a day. So mm-hmm. you can't do that in your own life. You can't do that in your own job. You just it can't. So of those five categories of you know finance, food, fitness, friends, and fun, is there an area where it's particularly weak link? Do you want to start with the weakest link, or do you want to start with the strongest point and then enhance that? Let's start with fun. Let's start with fun. So, let's (laughs) start with fun. So, because that's one of us that, that after a certain age, most of us are are not doing a great job on. So, all of a sudden, we need to have more fun. That means we need to explore hobbies and interests. What are we doing now? Are we going to work? We're coming home. We're eating and we're watching TV. What are some of the things we can do? Do we need to start reading more? getting online and reading more of what's going on in town. Is it downtown? Is it Midtown? Mm-hmm. Is it South Tulsa? Is it going to Northwest Arkansas to Crystal Bridges? Is it going to Philbrook? Is it getting out and going to the Scottish games? Let's try something. Mm-hmm. Let's just go there. What's the worst that's going to happen? You don't like it and you leave. The Maybe it costs money to get in. So you blew 10 or 15 bucks. But what if you show up? And what if you like it? Mm -hmm. Now what? Mm -hmm. You're going to stay and you're going to hang out and you're going to be a gathering place for the Caribbean festival. And all of a sudden you realize you're around people that are also having a good time. So that's the what if. The worst case scenario is You've blown a couple of bucks or you've blown an hour of your time. That's the worst. But the best case scenario is you've added some stimuli. Maybe you've moved your body. You certainly have enhanced your brain because it's something new and different.
0: Well, I listen I'm excited I'm excited for you I'm excited about the book I'm excited for the people listening in uh, to to really uh, I think make a decision to get off of autopilot thats right. what I think your book's going to do it's gonna right. you know you know uh, uh, ring the alarm to say listen people you know we're not getting any younger uh, but everything that happens to us we have a voice in that right we have an, well we're a actually decision.
1: all aging at the same rate right one day at a time yeah. so it's not that we're getting any younger we're all moving True. in the same same way but maybe we need to put some reminders on our cat on our calendar the 1st and the 15th of the month we decide we're going to do something that's fun, or we're going to look at uh, things online, or th- or things in local magazines of what's happening. Maybe yeah. that's her goal.
0: Yeah. Do you remember when Shonda Rhimes came out with her book? Yes. Say was it, what was the? Do you remember the name of it? I, I don't. Wanna, okay. I don't but it was remember. the the um, what she did, the premise was that she was going to say yes for a year. Mm-hmm. Is this true? To everything that she was asked to do. Yes. Okay. And so in doing that, yes. yeah. <laughs> so I, so that's an interesting strategy. That's somebody saying, okay, wait a minute. I really want to, I want to shake things up. right?" And, uh, I think, you know, that would be pretty cool to make some decisions like that. Two or three decisions to say, I'm going to say yes to everything new that I'm asked right. to do, or I'm not going to eat this for 30 days, or I'm going to, uh, reach out to six, like some of those measurable things. Um, don't you think that's an easier way to change behavior? you,
1: I think it is. It's always focusing on, okay, so you're adding color and fruits and vegetables to your plate. Focus on what you've added to your life, not what you've taken off or mm. focus on that new experience uh, that you've had at one of those festivals, not that you gave up TV time, Mm. really, in the whole scheme of things. (laughs) And so how that hit home with me is that my dad always had a saying, which was really a question that one would ask themselves, is it better to have 10 new experiences or the same experience 10 10 times? times. And there is no right answer. But I will tell you, in my life, my choice is to have 10 new experiences Mm. And that's made all the difference in my life
0: because of it. What a nice way for us to end this interview. Uh, I'm going to think about that. I love that. And listen, I am, uh, Wally and I both are sitting on the sidelines cheering you on, sister, and so happy for you. uh, Very proud of you and what you've done. And uh, for those listening in, it's Jane Mudgett. The book is Five Alive. It'll be out in March. And uh, I guess with that, I'll just say thank you. I sure appreciate your time today.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for investing time with me. You bet.